Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God of listening and of receiving, um, and just open yourselves up to what the Lord has to say. Okay. All right, we're good. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise, arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face, and my heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. God, this morning, I just pray that specifically that last verse would just be what is acted upon this morning. God, that that would be the verse that we hear. That would be what gives us hope. 
God, that we would be looking for the one thing this morning, just to dwell in your temple, God, to inquire of what you have. So I just pray this morning that we would quiet our minds, our hearts, God, that for two hours we could actually slow down and receive from you and understand that we're not in a hurry to leave. We're not in a hurry to get through worship, to get through communion, to get through a message, God, but we are here just to listen and to hear. So I pray that you would open our ears. Amen. Uh, I love today. I love you guys. I love our community. Um, I have one of those messages today that could be challenging. It probably should be challenging, but it could be really abused and abusive into making you feel like we need you to do more, right? Which is a great mistake of a lot of churches and pastors. Do more when people don't even know who they are. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll do more. <laughs> um, I think about a year ago, we were in a similar spot and not nearly as many people. God's really blessed us um, in a slow growth kind of way, and I like that. But we put these in your seats, and they represented serving, and we asked everyone to get off their S's. <laughs> Don't take it there, guys. It's just an S. And getting off your S to begin to serve, right? So cool, right? Um, and a lot of you did. I really appreciate that. Uh, our kids' ministry has a lot of people serving. We could always, everyone can always use more. Um, people just jumping into Carriage House, Campbell High School. There were nights when we had 20 people here working. Um, the event we did at, at Carriage House, we had maybe 60 people working. It was great. So I just want to say thank you. Um, before we jump into, this, this probably is going to be a challenging message. The whole and some of it is what it means to be a member of a church, which we've never used the word member, right? Um, and it's because it's personal for me. I don't, I've never liked using that because I've sat in environments where I feel like they didn't really care if I was a member to be part of the family. It was more like, you're a member, you do stuff, right? And so I've avoided that kind of language, um, but I've also done you a disservice in the process and tried to hide things that I do actually believe are a part of being a part of a body. Um, I do, and I'll get to this in a minute, I do think that you're supposed to serve this body out of a good place, not out of a broken place. I do think that you are supposed to biblically support financially. I believe financially, that that's, I don't think that's an option. I just, so we're very vague about it, and we talk about generosity, but I do, if you're asking me, I believe that's a biblical thing. I'm willing to talk with anybody about that. I do believe that you're supposed to pray for this like it's your own. I do believe that you're, if you're a part of seven different bodies, that it keeps you from having to eat the vegetables at times and just jump from dessert to dessert. I do believe you're hurting yourself doing that. I believe that. I'm not going to say you're an idiot, but I think that there's a reason why there's sustainable things that happen. And any sustainable thing happening anywhere has a cluster of people who do those things or it wouldn't be there. Does that make sense? So I do, I have been vague, and I want you to forgive me. We don't talk about offering. I, I sat through too many awful messages about offering. People talking about, don't tip God, and I hate that statement. Like, I've heard that preached a hundred times. Don't tip God, I hate that statement. I'll never say that. Um, I hate that statement. I hate what it implies. But, but I do want to say that I, Sarah and I, we serve. We, and not just the, the cool parts. Sarah and I give financially. We always have, 10%. And I don't even believe that's super biblical. I believe that was an Old Testament model. I believe the New Testament, if you want to be honest about it, if you want to be like, well, that's not even biblical, it's actually more. <laughs> it's actually different in, a, in more of a way. It's more about 
a whole community not being in need. Um, so I might, I might touch on some things that might hurt you. The, the person who does all those things, that's like, it's about time someone preaches the word. Um, the person who does that, that voice doesn't help anyone. The people who don't do it are a gift to the body of Christ. They're a gift in as much as we have attracted people who are falling in love with Jesus and falling in love with who they are now in Jesus, and that is primarily most important. That has to be primary. So if you have people in this room that aren't doing all of those things, that don't faithfully serve when it's not fun, that don't give ever, you know, I've had people actually tell me, like, I just don't believe giving is biblical. Well, why are you at a church? Like, that doesn't even make sense. This wouldn't even be here without people doing that. So, but, I don't even know why I said that. I just felt like it was like a jab, but more jab myself. So, but the, but the millennials and the people who don't bring anything to the table, who jump from church to church looking for a thrill, they bring a, a view to the table that we need. They, they question things, and we're like, don't, you want to question everything. They question things good a lot of times. They question things that maybe we swallowed that we don't even know why. They ask questions about things that should be changed. They have voices into things that should happen. And they're not okay with just being like, well, you're just supposed to do it because you're supposed to do it. They're like, well, that sounds dumb. Explain why. I don't know why. But great granddaddy did it, and, and Diddy did it. And then Diddy's, Diddy's daughter did it, and Diddy's son did it. So we're going to do it. They're like, oh, that's not going to work. So, so for you guys who sit in the room who do all those things, and you're ready to, like, change everybody into the, you need to realize like they're, they're challenging you in a good way. And the questions that surface in your heart might need to be asked and answered in your heart. It's not just them changing, right? It's, it's this interaction that happens when you are the genuine body of Christ. So last week we started this kind of series thing, home, uh, and we talked about that at the table, the first and, and most important thing is that you create space for you and Jesus. And I just believe that more than any business plan you have. More than anything that you'll accomplish, more than any idea you have, if you are not creating a space for you to be in the presence of your creator, God first, right? Not America first, God first. That, if that's not happening in your year so far, I, I wouldn't even listen to today. I would just maybe pot, put a pin in this day and go back. It has to happen from there. According to John 15, you have to be connected to the vine yourself, not through me. It's not the Old Testament where you need a me guiding you through everything, you now have access to your creator. So that's, and we use the passage in Mark 1, 35 through 37, and it's going to come up right here, but it says, early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. And then Simon and some of his companions searched for Jesus, and they found him, and they said to him, everyone is looking for you. And we made the point that everything and everyone is looking for you, and you're going to have to disappoint some of those things. And I actually prayed that you would be a disappointment this year, that you would be a disappointment to the right things, that the hurry and the mess and the noise telling you, this is looking for you, this is looking for you, this is looking for you, you can just be like, peace be with you, this is actually more important, I'll get to that. Does that make sense? So the flow of that passage, though, John 15, goes from remaining in the vine, like me and you, me and him, to then 12 through 17, us together. So it goes, the flow of this, is, I love these John passages where the flow looks like you and God, community together, and then community to the world. And it's the same as in John 17. It's really the same pattern as it is in John 15. And this is like now, connected to the vine, there are branches. 
And we represent those branches, right? And we happen to all be together, the branches. And these particular branches would become the very first church. It would become the Acts church. It would become the first way that the gospel would be expressed, chosen after Jesus leaves, giving the Holy Spirit. The vehicle he chose, just for you to know, was community, okay? I, people ask me all the time, why do you talk so much about community? It's not just about community. I just believe it kind of is about community. That was the whole, the whole of the New Testament were these clusters of people together carrying and becoming the body of Christ as a whole. Like that, the body of Christ. It wasn't specifically about miracles. It wasn't specifically about promising things. It was specifically about people loving each other differently the way that Christ loved them. And that would represent if they were truly his. That's baffling, right? And so me and the body of Christ, I believe strongly in it. If I didn't believe strongly in the body of Christ, I would be a fake because I'm leading a church and I believe in the local church. So that does not believe, I don't believe in these other expressions that have nothing to do with building a local church. I just believe I'm willing to give the rest of my life to this because out of this, if healthy, if following Jesus, if slowing down to listen, produces so much more than one person could produce. It's, it's laughable. So much more can come from the body. And it's not from my messages, but just the interaction, just the loving one another, just the availability, just the giving of oneself, just the lay down your life as I have laid my life down for you, for your brother and your sister. Just the lay down your life for the other that's in the room. I have this picture like, we're going to take communion at the end of this service. And what if, just what if, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump walked in and came around this table. Before we start to say, well, this is what I think, and I'm going to do the bread is the focus of the table, and the bread is Jesus. We don't choose brother or sister and anyone coming after. And it doesn't matter if you think that you've got a good opinion on that. Jesus is the center, and you don't get to choose your brother and sister. So being a community is looking around at people and saying, I make space for you. And not fighting about the secondaries that are so dumb and lead no one nowhere but focusing on the main, which is Jesus is the bread of life. And when we eat and partake of that bread, his nature becomes our very own nature. We become sons and daughters. His blood begins to run through our veins. We all are same-blooded at that point. If we are submitted under him being king, if he is first, right? If he is first, then we have brother and sister in Uganda, in Africa, in New York, in Texas, Brother and sister, and I, I'll even go this far, those brother and sisters far surpass any national brother or sister that you might have. Every day of the week, all day, every day. Everybody say, all day, every day. That's how it's, okay. So, I want to just close your eyes, real quick prayer. Your honest view of the church, okay? Every person has a strong view about this. I don't know, like, I could ask you what you thought about the Lumineers. You'd probably have a, a good view of it. We're talking about the church. Everybody has a really strong view about the church. So as your eyes are closed, I want to just pray a prayer that he would kind of bring to the surface what your views are. So, Father, we come submitted to you today, king of this uh, of the world, the saved world and the unsaved world. You are, according to your word, the God over it all. And so as we gather today as this community... Today we're going to talk about what it means to be a part of a body and what a healthy body looks like. So I just pray in each of us right now in Jesus' name that you would just bring to the surface 
what do we think about the church? What's its role? Why does it exist? Why, do I, why did I come into this building this morning? Help the honest things come to the surface, not so we can pull back in an arrow and shoot it at someone, but so that we can say to you, and I just want you to, to do this, just in your mind's eye, just present this material, this thought process, these things, whether they're hurts or no one's ever going to control me or still mad about me talking about giving or mad at a millennial or it should look different. It should look even different. All that stuff, just hold it before the Lord and say, God, just like in Romans 12, I present this to you fully. If you want to rework some of it, do it, but I give you my heart about what community is so that you can speak into it today. And I do pray, God, that you would help people to hear from you today about this. If there's anything in me trying to trick anybody into doing anything so I can build an empire, remove it from my thought process for the next few minutes. If there's anything in me that makes me better, if they just do this, remove it, God. But in you, I know that you love the church. You called it your bride. Help us to see what you saw today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, just a couple things in the New Testament. The body of Christ is, first it's called the body of Christ, the collection of people, which points to a body, which is together, right? Like, you're all looking at my body. Crap. Um, it talks about the body being uh, a bride, which is, anybody remove spiritual, just a bride. When you think of a bride and a husband, somebody likes somebody, right? Even love, I hope. I mean, if you're going to get married, you probably want to love each other. This is the terms used to talk about this group, right? You hear people all the time, don't you talk bad about his bride. We shouldn't. Even in churches we really don't agree with, we, we might need to have theological conversation, and that's good, but don't just bash other bodies, right? Like, it's his bride. We're all kind of idiots in some way. So in the New Testament, what's it for, right? It's the house of the, of the presence of God. In the Old Testament, it was actually in a structure built. It was in the Holy of Holies. In the New Testament, we become the structure built, right? We're all living stones, right? And in the midst of that, the Spirit lives and dwells. In this context, in this room, the Spirit lives and dwells and moves and has its being throughout the community. That's why for me in worship, it's one of my favorite times when everyone's involved because I believe the Spirit has the freedom of submitted human to, to travel through. Does that make sense? I believe the more submission you have, which we hate that word, the more freedom the Spirit has. I don't believe it's hovering over the church waiting to be like, are they going to let me in now? And then you can drop and be like, Mike, drop Spirit here. I believe that it all has to do with submission. And, and to the extent that we submit ourselves to Him, the extent that He has the freedom to be what He wants or she. And so, so there are different things. Um, one of the things that I love most about last year was my wife talked about the table. And uh, Alita, thank you for setting this up as well. Last week she did that. This is the family table. This is the table we come gather around. And she was trying to challenge you guys one Sunday about how if you come to a meal, you bring something. It's like a banquet. You bring something. And she challenged even the college person that shows up to every life group where there's meals provided and eats everything and then leaves and doesn't help clean. I'm not mad at you. I'm, I'm more than mad at you. It's, it's more of a like... I'm just kidding. That's just reality. I lived that way for probably the first 25, 30, 39 years of my life. I show up. And she challenged you that as a part of a family, we all bring something to the table. We all, even if it's dishes, even if it's I'll wash the dishes when they're done, even if it's the centerpiece, what if it's the main course? What if it's a dessert? 
we all bring something to the table. And it was a challenge to say, some of you think you can't, don't have anything to offer. You actually do have a ton to offer. Like for some of you, just listening, staying after a service one Sunday and listening to someone would be such a part of a family. For some of you, stop de- stopping demanding that we bring depth for you. That's actually not our job. For some of you, it's letting go of things in the past. But we all bring something to the table of part of the family. I have this image that I spoke about with some of the elders that it's a little bit like you have a dinner at night, and then every night for dinner, this random couple shows up. And at dinner, they enjoy the food, they love the company, and then they take off, right? It's a little bit like the body of Christ right now. And it's a challenge. I love what you're doing. I love the feel of the Sunday service. I'm going to come take of the, partake of the meal, but I'm really not interested in bringing anything. I'm actually going to another meal down the street. It's a little bit like that. And the challenge for all the different settings at the table is to make space for the other. And the challenge for the people who need to start bringing something to the table is you're going to have to get over some, some fears. I, I, for me, when I was being um, raised, I have so much family here. My mom's here. Dad's here. I got aunts, uncles. Um, I, I just was, I was not interested in helping. And I think that's most kids. But I really didn't like it. Um, so much so that I still don't really like it. Uh, and, and I've learned recently after doing Enneagram tests and disc tests and all that, that the personality type that I have, I can blame the Enneagram now, it's not my fault, um, <laughs> is I hate to be controlled more than anything. So my, for an eight on the Enneagram, they hate more than anything to be controlled. And so if you're ever like demanding around me and you feel like a weird vibe, it's not because I dislike you, it's I'm crawling under my skin because I hate to be controlled. And part of coming to family dinners even now and people, it can be anybody, asking me to do, this is going to sound so terrible for the pastor to have struggle with this. People asking me to do things raises in me a resentment. Why are you asking me to do something? Why are you demanding? It's, I, and here's what an eight does, or I do. I want to do something so well that you don't have to ask me to do it. I want to do it so well that I don't, I don't have to be asked to do it. I want to do it well. And if you're asking me, it must mean that's like an attack against my character. Like, why would, you, why would you ask me to wash my plate? Well, it's your plate. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, that makes sense. So, so I come to the table having to swallow some pride and realize not everybody here around me is trying to control me. That's legitimately a bigger deal than it probably even sounds like. I'm saying that's like always for me. I want to do things so well that I don't have to be told. So I just believe this new generation of people coming, they want to be seen. They want to be individuals. They want to have identity. And so I feel like my family must feel in this conversation, when I'm saying this to you, it's time to bring something to the table. It's time to do something more than just come to a Sunday service. And I mentioned the Lumineers before. A lot of people treat church like they treat their favorite band. I love that band. Love it. So good. Are you, are you eating with them soon? Not at all. I'm going to listen to them. Do they know you? Not even a little bit. Um, do they know what makes you tick? Not even. I just like their sound. It's a little bit like the great challenge for our next generation in keeping the body of Christ holy and sacred is challenging those people in in a loving way and challenging those people to understand you actually have something for the body. And in that action that you begin to jump into such 
life begins to blossom in you. Waiting and waiting for people to come after you and provide for you what you need is a system and a symptom of our culture. And I don't blame you. It's a gift to us to have to walk through it. I'm, I'm with you, actually. But I do want to challenge you with what this, this verse says. So I'm going to read to you John 15, 12 through 17 real quickly. They're going to bring it up here. This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for a slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, and that your fruit would remain, so that whenever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. This I command you, to love one another. So this group, this cluster of branches, would eventually become the Acts Church. And I want to read you a couple passages from Acts. One of them is listed right here, and the other is not. The first one I'll read you is Acts 4, 32 through 35. Actually, go back real quick, Bill. I'm sorry. Go to Acts 2, 42 through 47. So the Spirit has fallen in this community, radical, crazy things has happened, and the byproduct of that is this community that's birthed and things that happen within this community. I'm going to read it to you. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any has need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the number day by day those who were being saved. And then Acts 4, 32 through 35. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them. Can you just, if that God would just do that one thing. There was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. That is crazy. Are y'all willing to sell everything? Next week is actually Sell Everything Sunday. And just reading this passage kind of brings to light like the difference of then and now, right? Think about our palate. Their palate as a body was, there's a need. How do we do it? Let's do it. I'll, I'll sell my barn and my donkey, and I'll bring it. Think about for us, our palate that we bring in, like the taste that we want. We definitely want good worship. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. We want good preaching. Can I get an amen? amen. See what I'm saying? We definitely want to feel like we have a place. Can I get an amen? amen. We definitely want more conversations about tithing. Can I get an amen? amen. There's like eight of us. 
We come and people come with a, with a new palate. And this new palate has been facilitated by dim lights and large settings where you don't have to interact with the soul and you can receive some content for your week. This is our new palate. Give me the content for this week. I'm not here to help with anything or help that brother in need, but give me the content for this week. And we have the best content ever. I'll just, I'm going to let some people off the hook in this room. If that is your desire, that this one time a week you hear a strong word, and it's the most important thing about what's happening here, there are better places doing that better. You are free. You are off, and I'm not even mad, because if that is what you're looking for here, you're not going to be satisfied. Is that important? Yes, in as much as disciple-making disciples are important. And we're the ones that put it in this box. We're the ones that confined it to a Sunday. But if you are excited about disciple-making disciples when people need people, when it hits the fan in someone's home, when someone's on their way to the hospital, when someone needs help that's not a Sunday morning, you guys can't even gather your thoughts well enough to tell me on a Sunday. If you are excited about disciple-making disciples, then this could be the perfect place for you. This family could be perfect for you. But if, you're, if you want me to be more than I'm supposed to be, just let me off the hook. I won't make you happy. I won't be able to provide all that you need. I'm just a dude and not even an impressive one. And I don't need you to tell me I am. I know I'm not. But I do want him, and I do need him to lead everything. And if it's about me, it's going to be awful. But if it's about him, it's going to be all week. It's not just going to be about here. We can fight over the after service about your beliefs on that. I've had people tell me, you know, the, the pulpit is where you make your money. First of all, I don't, I'm not here to make money. If I was, I'd be doing something else. Second of all, the pulpit, Jesus didn't carry a pulpit around. He carried people around. And they, like, interacted with one another. And he let them be idiots for a season to develop them. And he withheld things like the Holy Spirit until they needed it, and he left. And he encouraged them and forgave them. And he listened to them, and he heard their stories, and he had people in the community look at him and promise him things that they failed to deliver. And this is, to me, what this body is. And so this is why, to me, I believe it is so important for you to step up, first and foremost, to fill your heart with him, and secondly, to let that flow out. My hope is that we would stop being fans of a band or a group, and start being part of a family. And as you enter, you're not the dad. You don't enter needing to be the dad. You enter adopted in, like all of us are, knowing who you are born again into a family. I've been born again in a family. What is it? Next line. Your blood has. We sing about it. Do we even know what that means? Just picture in your head being born again, like birth, a baby coming. Yeah, babies need everybody, so come as a baby. But when you get old enough to, like, do your homework, we're going to make you do your homework because we love you, right? And when you get old enough to, like, do clean your room, you should probably clean your room. When you get old enough to love your brother and sister well and stop fighting, hope that's not, like, some weird prophetic sign. <laughs> Dear God, please look. Oh. This might make it a good spiritual. Just kidding. Somebody will stand up and be like, the Lord has said. 
So, God, I'm jumping all over the place. If you're like me and you've been controlled or hate to be controlled and you hate when the dominant figurehead in a spiritual community is the most important thing and it's really more about them than the body of Christ and Jesus, if you're like me, you need to let some people off the hook. You need to believe again. You need to trust again. I promise you I don't want to control you. I promise you I don't want your money. And you giving doesn't make me have more money. I promise you. I promise you I don't want you to serve if you hate it. I promise you all those things. But it's time that you step in and realize you are a part of a family, not a part of a group. You're not a cluster of humans in a setting to hear me on, guys, there's so much better stuff happening than me speaking. But if you believe in family, what does it mean to sit at a table with the family? Guys, last week I told you, you're going to have to disappoint some things in your life. In this arena too, you're going to have to disappoint some things. Some of you do too much. Some of you think you're a part of a lot of groups that you're not even really a part of. I'm a part of Facebook groups that I, get, I receive blasts on. I've, I've never joined those groups, and I don't want to receive them. I don't want to go live with you. Don't, don't ask me to go live with you. I really don't want to go live with you. I don't want to go live with you if I see that I'm like not going live with Sarah, my wife. I'm a part of groups. You're not a part of a group. Facebook isn't real, right? Twitter isn't real. All of these clusters of false groups aren't real groups. They're places to project the images we wish that we were that we weren't even really. This, though, this sloppy, nasty group of people who stink and some smell great and some are awful to talk to and some are going to say the wrong thing in the middle of a service, that's a group. And it's a lot like a family where this guy's going to do something that upsets that guy and at the end of the night they're going to hug or fist fight and then they're going to hug the next day. It's a lot like a family. So the body of Christ, I don't want you to be robbed of what is, is your God gift, your, your spiritual blessing from the heavenly realm, which is a family. Brothers and sisters in this room that will listen to you when you have done the worst thing you will ever do and cry with you. Brothers and sisters who can say the hard thing to you that you need to hear because you're loved. Like, like, my, like some people's kids that we know. Like, they need to hear, you can't do that. Yes, I can, Daddy. I can do that. No, you can't do that. You can't hit them. You can't kick them. You can't tell them how stupid they are. You can't do that. Like, you have to make space for your brother and sister. You have to love them. Like, there's some days I just want my kids to be, I just want to be like, can you just show some form of love? Like, anything. Just smile at your brother and sister. That's what it's like to be a part of this family. That's what I believe the Acts Church was about, and that's why I believe 12 through 17 was written. You need to love one another as I have loved you, because he knew that we're going to walk into a season where it was going to be easy to start to pick and choose. I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and who's of Jesus? Who's of Jesus? If we are of Jesus, and if he is at the center, then nothing else really matters. We're going to have to fight through hard things. You're going to be offended People are going to have opinions that you don't like. That's okay. So practically, what does this look like? I'm going forever. This is one of those, I should have preached this over like six weeks. Practically, I had a conversation with Jonathan. Where's Jonathan? Godby. He really loves attention and service, so I, I, I worked that in at times. He, he said a few months ago, we want to transfer our membership. And I was like, okay, sounds good. Uh, what, how do you do that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and 
Um, we said, we like to tell people we encourage you to be a part of this family. This is our statement because we want to we wanna be there to pastor and shepherd you. Puts all the emphasis on us loving you, right? It already sets you up for failure. So he sends me, they were like, well, and where I, the stream I came from, here's what it means. It means I promise to support the, the church through prayer, through presence, through my gifts, and through my service. Those are the four things, right? I totally, I totally believe all those things are biblical. So whether you want to say it's a member or not, practically, I made a list of the things I think, if you were a part of a body, that would be beneficial for everyone if, it was, if this is how you lived. So I do believe those things first. First and foremost, I do believe you need to be present in more than just a service where you're hearing me. I do believe that you need to pray for us like it's your own. That's why we die over working on pots for you, prayers of the season. I do believe that you should serve, and I do believe that you should give financially, 100%. There's nothing in me that thinks maybe, maybe they shouldn't give. I do believe that, 100%. I also believe these things, though, if you'll read this with me. You don't have to read it out loud. A healthy person in the body of Christ is this, present in community. Not, this is not community. This is a gathering where we hear. It's beautiful, but it's not life groups. It's not brother and sister over coffee crying. Present in community. Vulnerability, transparent, and loving. All those things, man. Such a beautiful gift when you're those things to someone. This person prays for RCC like it's your own. If you're a part of seven churches, what's your heart laying into for the kingdom? What's your heart laying into for the kingdom? Serves, of course. Supports financially, of course. Sees brother and sister and other and makes room for them. No matter who they are no matter who they are, is available. There, I mean, we did like the percentages. So I could have you guys stand up. I won't do that. But if this group stood up and you guys stayed down, that would represent typically how many people serve in our church. If those people stood up and you didn't. So you guys are doing it wrong. I'm just kidding. <laughs> our church, I think the numbers are pretty high. Like 45% of our people probably tithe and give. That's a lot higher than most churches. But I don't want to let everybody off the hook. You, there's ownership. I, I started seeing a counselor a while back, and I'm just honest about it. People in ministry should have them. Um, and somebody wanted to sponsor me to go, and she was like, no, I think you should pay. You need an ownership in. I was like, that hurt a little bit, but all right. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> and it has meant more. It has meant much more. It, you, you, you show what you really are a part of when you do that kind of thing. Ownership, right? We have the like, most sponsored generation ever. Somebody just went live and is building a go, go, whatever fund so that they can have their Hawks tickets. Support me for my Hawks tickets. It's a mission that I've got. To, like we don't need, sometimes you just need to earn it, right? And, and have a job and step up to the table and like work for it. Like that's a big deal. Like ownership in your life, Right? The church is not here to sponsor the world, okay? <laughs> All right. Has healthy boundaries, so, so big for me. If you're unhealthy and you're stepping into our church and you're hearing like you're the worker, if you're already ready to work on eight things that I just mentioned, this one might be for you. <laughs> Have healthy boundaries. That will be harder for you than the others who don't want to step in. If you're not healthy, you need to know who you are in Christ and be loved by the body, period. And then lastly, understand that your life is not your own. And the reason I know that is because the word says exactly that. Your life belongs to the other. That's why the end of this passage, which you'll hear soon, talks about the disciples going into the world where it is hairy and where people do not care and do not love you and are angry. And then the way that you show love is when someone smacks you in your mouth, not only do you not smack them back, but you love them. 
son of a nutcracker. That's hard. So it's important to do it here first. So here's your challenge for me. River City, I believe God spoke to me. This was going to be a year of deep roots and that this work would stop being temporary and fun and neat and start being eternal. That's, I believe, a promise he gave me, that this would shift from kind of sustainable to a sustainable fruit-bearing church, grounded and planted and deep. So if, our grow, if we don't add one more person, amen, if our, our roots go down. But we cannot make you healthy. We cannot make you deeper. You, we need you. For this fish, this is the first one that I don't think I can really do it on my own. I got to have brother and sister. I got to have you guys step up. I got to have you not need all of the directions. Now, I, I listen to what you said, Pastor. I need all the things that you need me to do. You need to look around. You need to pray. You need to be a brother and sister. You need to step up. This, is this mean? Am I, I'm being mean right now? I love you guys. All right, so, so Father, I hope that through this message, Jesus, I'm just reading. I know the end of John, it says that you're going to give your Holy Spirit to your branches. And that would be what the, the church would be founded on. And it would give us a certain kind of power that we never had. That Holy Spirit makes a message like this hearable in a loving way. Help them to see that more than anything, I want them healthy. More than I want our church to grow. More than anything, I want to see people fall in love with you in, in such a way that if one day you're, they had to give their life for you, it would almost be a, it would be a joy. That doesn't even make sense in our minds. Help this message to settle in and help me to be better, a better pastor about asking for what's needed and not dancing around things I do believe are biblical and I do believe that they need, but I'm afraid to hurt people's feelings. Help me to be willing to say the tough things like a family member would. And help your Holy Spirit to have freedom in this place right now to let the things land that need to land, to let the love be the bedding on which these things grow. Let this community hug one another's neck as they leave. God, let this communion that we're about to take, let us know that you are head over the body and that each of us has its own role. Each of us has our own place. I'm just going to speak over you with your eyes closed real quick. There are people in this room who will be living full throttle, just outside the box ministry by the end of this year. God's going to empower you, fill you. God's going to restore you. That's for people in this room right now. I believe there are people right now who are so broken, you didn't know how you would get through another day. God's going to refresh you and restore you. Restoration. If that's you, just ask the Holy Spirit to bring that. There are people in this room right now who are so angry at the church because people did dumb stuff that are going to let the church off the hook and fall in love again and be vulnerable and caring. God, we need to take care of this body like you want us to. So God, fill us to overflowing with your presence in Jesus' name. And make us one as you are one. God, make us one as you are one. In Jesus' name we pray. You guys can stand to your feet. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.